A new day has come to the city of Augustus, Illinois. At Hastings Advertising in the CEO office, Diana is standing over by the bar cart talking on her cell phone. Lenore, it's me, Diana. Look, I wanted to check on you, considering how yesterday went. I know it was quite a shock for you to get the call from Skye and for her to tell you that she isn't coming back to this town anytime soon. If you need me at all today, I'm just a phone call away. Bye now. As Diana hangs up from the call, Stuart enters the office carrying a file in hand. Hello? Have you seen the boys anywhere? I actually saw them this morning. They were headed over to the Tasty Bean Cafe to say hi to Lenore and strategize about how to best take over the sorry excuse for a company that Colin Hopper runs. I see. I'm sure that will give us plenty of time to talk about our divorce. A messenger just sent this over to me. Stewart hands Diana the file. She then quickly opens it, skimming through the contents. I've never seen our finances so neatly laid out. We've got to start deciding how we want to split our empire. Sorry, dear. I'm not doing this today. I have too much to deal with. I have a meeting with Elaine Harper in order to discuss me snatching up a seat on the Women of Augustus board. The Women of Augustus? It's a foundation where a group of women get together at fundraiser after fundraiser to discuss how to put this city back together. I see. And meaningless charity work for the poor is going to fulfill you nowadays? Considering the fact that this marriage and what you have to offer me in bed doesn't do anything for me, I thought that being a part of a good cause would fix a lot of issues for me. What happens when they find out that you're as cold as ice? I'm sure my money will warm their hearts enough. (laughs) Well, see you later, dear. At Opulence Monthly in Stephanie's office, Stephanie is standing over by the bar cart in her office, pouring herself a cup of coffee. Come in. Good morning, Stephanie. Uh, Leslie, what are you doing here? I see that you continue to cut to the chase. Even after all this time, you never miss a beat. And don't you forget it. Trust me. I won't. Let's just cut to the chase, okay? Because I think I know why you're here. Oh? Care to elaborate? My guess is, is that you know I met with your father a few days ago, and I bet it is killing you to know why. No, I did not know that you had met with my father recently. In fact, that's not why I came here at all. But do go on, because now you have me more curious than ever. At the Tasty Bean Cafe in the main area, Caitlin walks up to the main counter. Morning, Lenore. Caitlin, thank you for coming over here on such short notice. Well, I was right next door at the office space you're letting Skye and I rent out so we can set up our blogging headquarters. By the way, thank you for everything. Oh, honey, of course. Anyway, the reason I called you over here is because I have something to tell you. 
and I don't think you're really going to like it. At Memorial Hospital on the fifth floor, Olivia rushes up to Christopher and grabs a hold of his arm, effectively turning him around. Oh, Christopher, thank God I found you. I need your help. I can't find any other doctor in this damn place. Oh my God, Liv, uh, what's going on? I have a patient that just arrived with a GSW. Come on, hurry up and follow me before he bleeds out. At Rhonda's penthouse in the living room, JJ, Rhonda, and Antoine enter the room. And after two bedrooms, a fabulous bathroom, and a gorgeous kitchen, we end up right back here in this living room that feels so warm and cozy. Mom, this place is beautiful. You picked a good one, Rhonda. I'm glad you boys approve. And I love that after all this time, you still have Nana's face from that trip she took to turn Italy. Of course I do. There's no way I could ever part with that vase. It's one of my most prized possessions. And after everything your grandmother put me through, I never expected her to will me something that carries it with it so much value. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you and grandma sure had your fair share of dust ups. Yeah, but how else are a mother and daughter supposed to behave? I do miss her a lot, though. But enough about that. I don't want my mascara to run. Today is all about family and happiness. I like the way you think. And thank you for extending this breakfast invitation to me. JJ, you are the love of my son's life. I can't imagine not having you here on today of all days. <laughs> okay, yes, I mean, I do love JJ very much, but you did just lay it on super thick now, Mom. Can you just dial it back? <laughs> all right, have it your way. I just love seeing my son in love. Oh, and there's our final guest. I made a little friend at one of my GA meetings. I know he knows the two of you. It's Gregory Marshall. Rhonda rushes to the door as a slightly shocked Antoine leans over to JJ. Oh my God, what is happening? I don't know, but I think this breakfast is about to get very entertaining. At Danielle's loft in the living room, Alex is standing in front of a mirror, putting on a pair of cufflinks when Danielle enters the room. Here you are. Your tie was by the bed. Thank you very much. Of course. Are you sure you have to go to the office today? Yes, I do. I'm so behind on paperwork. And I'm being told that a client I'm representing in a custody battle is getting a little out of hand. Wow. What? I just got chills from you telling me that you're representing an out-of-hand client in the custody battle. It's like deja vu. That's the law for you. Speaking of custody, can we talk for a second? Sure. 
What's up? Well, I've been thinking nonstop about the encounter we had with Leslie at the Tasty Bean about Aiden's birthday. Oh, I don't think you need to worry about that at all. I did talk to her about it. Thank you for doing that. Honestly, she isn't really who I've been thinking about when it comes to that encounter. You see, I've been thinking about the boys, Connor and Aiden, and I've just been wondering if I've been doing what you need me to do for them as your girlfriend. You do more than enough. You even dropped off Connor to Collins one night during one of those visits I let Colin have from time to time. And Aiden is going to be over the moon when he opens that present from you on his birthday. Honey, you were doing everything and then some. But Alex, I'm not their mother. And I'm not someone who has ever seen myself having children. Connor's mom died. Emma hasn't been with us for almost a year now. And Leslie... <laughs> Rightfully so, is very protective of Aiden. I guess I'm still wondering where I fit into all of this. You fit in just fine. In fact, I know for damn sure that you were always the missing piece of my life's puzzle. I knew I shouldn't have let you watch that rom-com with me. <laughs> it's true. You were good to my sons, and you're a good person. You think? I know. At the bin at home in the living room, Isaac and Miranda walk into the room. Isaac, it is so good to see you. I feel as though we haven't seen one another in forever. It's good to see you too. But we both know why I've kept my distance from you. Well, what we did was... Yeah. It was the right thing to do. That night, that storm changed our lives forever. Everyone in this town just thought that we danced the night away that reunion. Yeah, but really we were all hunting the same man. I'm glad Donovan hasn't woken up yet. Every time I have a board meeting though, I check on him. I know the directions to his room like the back of my hand. All we did was threaten him though. We didn't actually pull the trigger. Yeah, yeah. Same with Jonah. We just made our guns. Disappear. But Miranda, are you sure you didn't pull that trigger? I'm sure. And that's old news. When you, Jonah, and I all met up that night, we told one another the truth. And then we tossed our guns into the lake. How's he doing, by the way? How are his eyes? They're fine. The doctor did say that there is a possibility that he would regain his sight. But that isn't going to happen in a matter of seconds. So much debris from the storm got into his eyes that his eye tissue was just too severely scratched. He's still very much recovering, even after all these months. Well, knowing Jonah and all feelings about him aside, I know that blindness picked the wrong person to mess with. He'll get through this. I'm confident he will. Anyway, we've talked about everything besides the reason you're actually here. So what does bring you by exactly? Truthfully, I came by to tell you I'm worried about Elaine. Oh? Yes, I've been informed that her family's private investigator, Natasha Bigsby, has been trying to find out where Gunner is. 
What do you mean? Is he not in the prison upstate? No. How is that even possible? For some reason, the prison is not telling Elaine where he is. Someone broke him out legally last summer. I just don't want this investigation to sit her down an all too familiar path. You're worried about her sobriety, aren't you? Very much so. I think you should visit her soon. I don't know. I haven't seen her on a personal level since the night of the high school reunion, when she discovered that Colin was Melanie's son with Stephen. Miranda, Elaine knows you care about her. She will still think of you as a friend, and you can reach her in a way I can't, considering Andrew's connection to the Gunner case. Oh, there's a name I haven't heard in what feels like forever. Miranda. All right, fine. I'll go. I'll go see Elaine. I can't thank you enough, truly. Back at the Tasty Bean Cafe on the patio, Jonah and Colin are sitting across from one another. Can you reach your drink okay, Jonah? Yes, thank you, Colin, for checking. Sometimes some people don't extend such a courtesy, believe it or not. I'm sorry to hear that. Anyway, before I get into why I wanted to meet with you today, I want to know how you're doing. It is good to have you back in town these days on a more permanent basis. Thank you for saying that. I have been hearing that a lot lately. I think it's sympathy considering the fact that last time I was in Augustus full-time, my life changed forever while the whole city watched. That has got to be weighing on you, I assume. Very much so. I don't mean to pry, but have you seen Stephen or Melanie lately? I actually haven't seen them in a long time. They moved away for a bit as Melanie was recovering from her car accident. The doctors at the health facility she was at were also reevaluating her treatment for her Alzheimer's. All I know is that she's getting better. They found a good treatment regimen for her, uh, and that's all. And she's all healed up from the crash. Good for her. Yeah. Good. Anyway, uh, enough about me. Let's talk about you. So, why did you want to meet with me today, Jonah? Well, Colin, I'm just going to come right out and say it. Ever since I published my memoir, I've been having a difficult time trying to figure out what I want to do with my life. I thought that getting out of politics would be good and would be something that I would want indefinitely. Yet that just hasn't been the case. I miss it, Colin. I really do. Okay. Uh, how do I factor into this exactly? Well, there is a position open in D.C. It's some sort of White House communications thing. I'm very interested in this position. I'm going to be finding out more details from a contact in a few days. All I know right now is that if I want to get the job, I have to be voted in. <laughs> Classic politics. Exactly. And that is where you come in. Colin, your advertising company is one of a kind. And that is why I'm hoping you'll join my campaign. I want you to do all the advertising for it. Billboards, buttons, commercials, you name it. And I would pay you a lot of money. Wow, Jonah. Um, up until now, my biggest client has been a snack company in Hong Kong. And I've also done some work for the, for the Women of Augustus Foundation. 
and you are wonderful at getting those local commercials produced. Thank you. Of course. Anyway, enough dancing around the subject. Colin, I would love it if you would help me get back into politics. So what do you say? You want to help out your father's former political opponent? Um, you've got yourself a deal, Jonah. Welcome to CH Advertising. Meanwhile, back in the main area of the Tasty Bean, Simon and Mark are standing next to one another at the coffee bar. Mark is pouring some sugar into his coffee while Simon is sipping on his latte, watching Colin and Jonah interact rather closely. Look at that. Colin and Jonah Bennett shaking hands. I bet Colin just closed yet another deal. Meanwhile, our family can't even get one deal made out. We will, Simon. Just give it time. You seem awfully confident today. Thought you might catch on to that. Let's go sit down, and I'll tell you why I'm so confident. Well, brother, don't keep me in suspense. I won't. I'll have you know that the reason I'm so confident today is because I think I know exactly how to take over Colin Harper's company. Oh, yeah? How's that? I know why Colin and Jonah are on that patio right now, shaking hands. See, Jonah's getting back into the world of politics. He's got a connection in D.C. that has informed him of some big-shot Washington White House position. In order to get the job, Jonah has to be voted in. He wants Colin to join his new campaign and do all the advertising for it. Wow. How'd you find out about this? Had to snoop around and bribe a few people. But that's not the point. Point is that this will be Colin's biggest client yet. Jonah's going to pour hundreds of thousands of dollars into this media blitz. But I have it on good authority that Colin puts a clause in all his contracts he has with his clients. Such clause states that if a client is unhappy with the services, then he refunds a portion of their money, sometimes all of it. Why would he do that? That's career suicide in this business. He would be losing profits. I guess the rich Harper boy doesn't think of profits from time to time. He's not impacted by losing a few thousand dollars here and there. I also know that such a clause hasn't needed to be enacted yet. Oh my God, you're brilliant. I know exactly what you want us to do. You want our company to back Jonah's opponent, and then Colin will have to enact this that clause once Jonah loses. He'll lose a crap ton of money, and word will get out about how much money Jonah spent and how dissatisfied he was with Colin's company. Then people, especially politicians, will begin looking for an alternative. And to top it all off, Colin will be trying to sink his own money into his company. And Business 101 teaches us never to do such a thing. Exactly. <laughs> We're going to wipe the floor with Colin Harper. Meanwhile, in Lenore's office, still at the Tasty Bean, Caitlin and Lenore enter the office. Well, Lenore, I will have you know that I love you very much. But you are starting to scare me more than that time you told me that you and Graham had kind of become friends. We're not friends, we're just friendly. He lives in Paris, and you know, when you almost die next to someone from matching head injuries, you just find in your heart to forgive someone. But that isn't the point of why I brought you back here. And I'm also not saying that you should pound the alarm. But what I'm saying is that what I'm about to tell you, you're, you're not necessarily gonna like. 
Now I think I should take a second to catch my breath. My goodness, you think? Lenore, are you just... Rambling, I know. I'm afraid to cut to the chase. What is going on, Lenore? You can tell me. And I wish you would just do that. Oh, darling. Caitlin. I don't know how to put this. I know you're excited to open up your blogging companies to the public in just a few days. You're giving LGBTQIA plus people a voice. You're making an inclusive hotspot blog for everyone. Fashion, gender, and religious discussions. Breaking news. Your blog is going to have it all. I see you've read our press release. Look, it took a lot for Sky and I to realize that we just didn't want to do the whole relationship thing. After what a disaster that night was that Lakin saw me kissing her. And after I found out Lakin kissed Bianca in Spain. Anyway, I don't want to re retread that whole night. Sky and I are far better as business partners. And this blog company thing we are doing is just done wonders for my mental health. I'm so sorry. What do you mean? Dear, you're going to have to do it alone. I got a call from Sky yesterday. She told me that the people at her flagship store really, really need her. She says that she's having a hard time finding out what LA wants on the fashion market. Sky's the limit's not doing so well financially. And, honey, she wanted me to give you her best. She wishes you all the luck in the world but she unfortunately needs to dissolve your partnership ASAP. What? What? Our blog launches in a week. A week. Th these past eight months of healing, of the realization after realization have meant nothing. I am once again alone. Lenore, it took everything in me to get over Lakin, moving to Spain permanently. Me and her haven't even spoken to one another since September 21st. I, I have the date forever etched in my brain because it was just the day the love of my life, or at least the person I thought was such a thing to me, walked out on me for good. And now Sky leaves without saying so much as a proper goodbye. She's a grown woman. She's a grown-ass woman. She is someone who's I've shared a huge portion of my life with. But what what does that matter now? Everyone in my life is walking out on me. Everyone. Oh, honey, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Me too. Back at Memorial Hospital on the fifth floor, Christopher and Olivia walk over to the nurse's station. Oh, Doc, I cannot thank you enough for helping me with that patient. I was so scared when he rushed into the ER, I didn't know what to do. I panicked. Liv, it's okay. I'm always here to help. I'm just thankful that we were able to ID that John Doe. And I also had Patty call his parents. Well, his dad, anyway. Is that father of the poor man here? Oh, I hate that there's even a shred of gang violence in this city. I just... I do too. And yes, the father is here now. Do you want to come talk to him with me? Yeah. 
Yes. Yeah, I would. He should hear from me that his son is in critical condition after having gone through so much trauma. Okay. Come on, babe. Babe? You sure know how to make me feel better. <laughs> I do what I can. Olivia and Christopher then walk off to a waiting area as Mr. Astor stands from his seat. Hi, are you Mr. Astor? Yes, I am. I'm Dr. Marshall, and this is my colleague, Olivia Bookman. She's a nurse practitioner. Nice to meet you both. How's my son? How is he doing? And how did this happen? I mean, how did he even get here? Your son was involved in what we know to be a gang incident. He was shot in his abdomen and dumped here at the hospital. I was the one who discovered him. I rushed to get Dr. Marshall right away and we were able to stabilize him. But I unfortunately have to make it clear to you that he is now in critical condition. Because he lost so much blood, his body has gone through a lot of trauma. Regardless of being stable, we have to label him as critical. Wait a second. Is that a trans flag pin on your scrubs? Uh, yes. Y yes, it is. <laughs> wow. What a bold statement to make in the middle of a hospital. My son was losing all that blood right in front of you. That nurse, Patty, that called me also told me that at one point his lung collapsed. But during that time, you were shoving your gross beliefs in his face. Pardon? I I'm sorry, I don't understand. I don't want my son treated by anyone who is transgender. I don't know how I can trust that you have confidence in your work while you can't even have confidence in your own body that God gave you. Well, Mr. Astor, calm down. This is inappropriate to say, and I will not have you speak to my colleague that way. I am a God-fearing man, Dr. Marshall. That is why I've tried so desperately to get my son out of those gangs for years now. But it's people who don't follow God's rules that suck him right back into that terrible lifestyle. If you don't get this person, or whatever they call themselves, off of my son's case, then I will be sure to talk to your boss. Now, can I see my son? Yeah, you can. You most certainly can. But before you do, Mr. Astor, I just want you to know that while your son was having a tube inserted down his throat because he also experienced a clogged airway, he grabbed onto my hand. It was the only form of movement we got from him right away. He held onto my hand as tightly as he could, and in that moment, he didn't care who I was. He didn't care what I identify as. He did not care that I am transgender. All he cared about was me and the fine medical staff of this hospital saving his life. Don't make medicine or life for that matter seem so black and white when it is not. You can be who you choose to be, but don't walk into this hospital and stand in my arena and question who I am. Now, if you go over to that front desk, a nurse will take you to your son. Good day, Mr. Astor. Mr. Astor looks deeply at Olivia for a moment. He then walks off to the front desk. Oh my goodness. Are you all right? I feel like I'm going to throw up. I hope you know that that guy is an absolute idiot. <sighs> yeah, I know. And I'm sorry if I seem so cruel in that moment. I just... Don't apologize for a damn thing. Dr. Marshall is right. Olivia and Christopher turn around to see Detective Bo Reynolds standing behind them. Oh, uh, Detective Reynolds. Hi. 
Hello, you two. How much of that did you hear? Enough to know that you weren't in the wrong. Thank you for saying that. Anyway, detective, what brings you here today? Well, just between us three, I'm getting pressure from the district attorney's office to close this case sooner rather than later. I'm having a hard time catching Donovan's shooter. You see, whoever did this covered their tracks quite well, and my suspect list seems to be full of people who are as thick as thieves. That's this town for you. Unfortunately, that is why I need to know all the care Donovan is receiving. You see, I need him to wake up from his coma. So what are the chances of that happening? Back at Rhonda's penthouse in the dining room, Gregory, Rhonda, Antoine, and JJ are all seated around the dining table. Rhonda, I had no idea you could cook like that. Are you telling me that you had no time to try one of my donuts that I made for last week's meeting? You made those? You better believe I did. Those donut chains have nothing on me. <laughs> yeah, mom's strong suit has always been what she can do in the kitchen. <laughs> I am a little low-fashioned when it comes to cooking. I can't even remember the last time I had a breakfast like this. So, on a quick side note, I must say that you who seem to love your GA program. How have things truly been going over there? Not to speak too much for Rhonda, but I think the two of us are finally in the groove of things. I, I know that I have enjoyed my time lately and I'm, I hope you are too, Rhonda. I am. And meeting a new best friend does not hurt either. You know, I truly love it at that group. That's good. I'm happy for the two of you. I know you certainly come a long way, Gregory. That I have. Thank you, JJ. Does anyone want more coffee? I would love some. Me too. Let me help you out, Mom. Thank you, dear. Rhonda and Antoine then walk into the kitchen away from Gregory and JJ. Antoine, thank you for coming here today. And thank you for bringing JJ. This has just been the perfect day. I agree, Mom. You know, when you marched back into my life, I was, I mean, I just wasn't sure I would be able to handle it. But over Christmas, I realized you aren't the same woman. No, I am not. And I pride myself on that. And that's good. There is one thing that has stayed the same about you, though. You're still taking dad's money. I thought it was only a matter of time before you brought that up. I only bring it up for two reasons. Mom, listen. I, I don't think you should take it anymore. I know you've been looking for a stable job, and I'm sure that in no time at all, you can find something that pays well, and you don't have to do this anymore. Your father broke my heart. The least that millionaire can do is pay me what I'm worth. It's not a handout. It's giving me what I deserve. It's crazy to me that he still gives you money and you're not even connected with him anymore. You don't even know if he has another family after all this time. You don't even see his name blasting in the tabloid anywhere. Because he's a very private person. It's always been that way. I know, okay? And mom, there's another reason I bring it up to you. It's, it's 
it's because I told JJ. I, I told him about you getting those payments and, and I told him about dad walking out on this. And I also told him. Antoine, you need to stop talking about that man. I can never tell you who he is and you know that. And I don't want someone snooping around. Your father views us as a time gone by. And if I still want those monthly payments and I have to keep things the way they are. I know, okay? I know. And I even told JJ that, that I don't know his identity, which is the truth. And I also told him that it's really not my place to get in this mess. Then why are you saying all this stuff to me? Because, Mom, I know how hard you've worked to become a whole different person. I don't want you to backslide. You've worked too hard for that, Mom. Life is just so tricky, though. You know, sometimes you have to keep secrets here and there. Anyway, we better get this coffee out to those men. Come on. We don't want to keep the guest waiting. Back at Opulence Monthly in Stephanie's office. Go ahead, Stephanie. Tell me why you met with my father. It's a business deal in the making, and I don't want to bore you with all the details. You wouldn't be boring me. You would be enlightening me. Leslie, I shouldn't have said anything. After all, the details of our meeting are truly confidential. Oh my God, are you sleeping with him again? When will you go on a hiatus from targeting the men in my family? Ah, Noah, me and your father are not seeing one another again. You make it out to be a romantic piece of your history. Okay, I've had enough of this. I'm not able to tell you why me and your father met. I honestly shouldn't have said anything until I knew for sure that you knew. And that is a cold, hard fact. So can we just move on with why you're here? (laughs) Well, Stephanie, if you must know, I also had a meeting yesterday. A meeting with the one and only Arnold Lennox. Does that name sound familiar to you? You know it does. He's my top boss. Is he now? Cut the crap. Why did you meet with Arnold? Stephanie, I think you're a great businesswoman. I think you've done a lot for this magazine. But if we just look at one another as nothing more than businesswomen for a second, then we both have to admit that the magazine sales have yet to bounce back from when Dominique was sentenced to many years in prison. Arnold made peace with that, though, only because I've come up with so many great futuristic ideas. That you have. But him making peace with not turning a big enough profit is just some sort of false statement. What are you getting at exactly? (sighs) Stephanie, I have wanted to get away from my hotel for a long time now. I just can't stand being at that place anymore. Last year, Arnold and I had many meetings together via telephone and Zoom, and he informed me about Opulence Monthly not being up to par. He even says he's talked about this with you. That he has, but I'm fixing it because I know what I'm doing. I am good at my job. And no one is disputing that. But it also can't be disputed that it's time for a change, and that change will be enacted immediately. Beginning next month, I will be taking over Opulence Monthly. Arnold sold it to me on the condition that I would keep a portion of it attached to his media empire. Oh oh my god, this can't be real. It is. 
I'm sorry. Sorry? Sorry for what exactly? Sorry for being a bitch? Sorry for being a slut of a woman who has ping-ponged back and forth between Alex and Colin? Sorry for being a manipulator who is so obsessed with her father's sex life that you used to stop at nothing to make sure he and I would not be together? Leslie, I know that the moment I slept with your father, you wouldn't care for me. When I was at the magazine, you going after me, it kind of made sense. But this is my magazine. This is my sanctuary, and you have just come in and demolished it in an instant. You ruin lives. You crush people without as much of a second thought. Well, you know what? Mark my words, you vindictive, vicious piece of garbage. I will make you regret this. Are you finished? Stephanie, I don't want to go into some battle with you. This isn't a battle. This is a war. You really want to do this? You really want to make an enemy out of me again? So be it. Bring it on, Leslie. Back at Hastings Advertising in the CEO office, Stuart is sitting at his desk talking on his office telephone. Mark, that is wonderful news. I am so proud of you for coming up with this brilliant plan. I cannot wait to tell your mother. Good work, son. And also tell Simon he did a great job, too. You boys are finally playing this game just like me. I'll get off of here now so I can tell your mother and let her know to stay close to Elaine Harper. We need to keep the enemy in our orbit. Bye now. Stuart leans back in his chair as he hangs up from the call. Oh, good times are upon this family. We're finally going to get exactly what we came to this town for. Soon, the whole advertising world will know my family's name. And our names only. At the Augustus Police Department in the main area, Detective Reynolds is sitting behind his desk talking on his office telephone. Don't worry about a thing, D.A. Swanson. Dr. Marshall assured me that Donovan Aldridge could be out of his coma in a matter of a few short weeks. And I just got a new piece of evidence on my desk as of this early afternoon. Things are coming together. Yeah, bye now. Detective Reynolds hangs up from the call. He then picks up an evidence bag which contains two pistols that are a tad rusted over. They are also covered in some sort of algae and lake scum. Oh, you three shouldn't have thrown these guns into the water. Secrets always come to the surface. I am coming for you three. Miranda Williams, Jonah Bennett, and Isaac Marshall. Welcome to the top three slots of my suspect list. This has been Forever and a Day. Created by KCS Hutchison. Co-executive producers KCS Hutchison, Candace Mack, and Demi Morgan. Narrated by KCS Hutchison. Written by KCS Hutchison, Candace Mack, Emmy Morgan, and Eric Andras. Music and sound effects provided by Fesselian Studios and Soundstripe. Theme song provided by Soundstripe. This episode starred Durrell Anthony as Antoine Jeffries, Amelia Marshall as Rhonda Jeffries, Sherard Jackson as Jesse J.J. Frazier, Benjamin Bryant as Gregory Marshall, Kalia Davis as Leslie Marshall, Christina Sullivan as Stephanie Markham, Candace Mack as Danielle Frazier, Kevin Caliber as Alex Bennett, 
Tony D. Head as Isaac Marshall, Renee Saran as Miranda Williams, Lucretia Lyon as Caitlin Harper, Emmy Morgan as Olivia Bookman, Lance Guzman as Christopher Marshall, Steve Beavers as Stuart Hastings, Diana Collins as Diana Hastings, Desmond Hawkins as Mark Hastings, with Timothy Blocker Jr. as Simon Hastings, and Van Griffin as Bo Reynolds. Special guest star Galen Roberts as Mr. Astor. Join us next Monday for an all-new episode of Forever in a Day on your favorite podcast streaming platform. This podcast is recorded under a SAG-AFTRA collective bargaining agreement. All previous episodes of Forever in a Day are available on our website at faadseries.blogspot.com.